0: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We're gonna to get to those stories in just a moment, but first, some breaking news out of Surrey, where IHIT has been called in.
1: Police investigating the sudden death of a man found with critical injuries. The victim was found lying on the ground in the 13300 block of 114th Avenue around 315 this afternoon. He was rushed to hospital, but has since died from his injuries. IHIT has been called in and will be working in partnership with Surrey RCMP. Police are not saying how the man was injured, but they say it was not a shooting. The area will be cordoned off for some time to come.
0: Now, an important warning tonight that's gone out to realtors in Greater Vancouver, specifically female realtors.
1: There have been multiple reports of a suspicious man contacting female realtors in an effort to get them alone at open houses. Sarah McDonald is live tonight with more on the story and the disturbing nature of these calls, Sarah.
2: That's right. Multiple uh, reports have come into police in the past couple of weeks. Both Vancouver Police and Coquitlam RCMP confirming they've had numerous reports over the past number of weeks of a suspicious prospective buyer that appears to be angling to get female realtors alone inside vacant houses or units. The Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver has now issued two warnings about this individual who has not committed any crime but whose actions are certainly unsettling and suspicious. Female realtors from the tri to Vancouver have reported encounters with this individual who first asks to see a vacant home and then demands the agent show up alone. When they refuse or arrive accompanied by somebody else, this prospective buyer is said to become angry and call off the showing altogether. Those within the industry are sounding the alarm tonight alongside police warning realtors to use extra precautions.
3: We have heard reports from realtors in our area um, that there is a suspicious character um, that's been targeting primarily female realtors um, to make private appointments with them um, and getting frustrated when they want to meet with a second person. Um, So it's made our our realtors in our area feel very uncomfortable um, and they have made police reports. Obviously, uh, a
1: warning from the real estate board, Sarah, how do we know about uh, the case that police are now handling now?
2: Well, both Vancouver police and Coquitlam RCMP tell us, yes, they are investigating this. They note there has been no a crime that has taken place here, but uh, both agencies are looking into those reports from realtors. As for the real estate board of Greater Vancouver, they note that many of those showings happen to be near SkyTrain stations uh, from the Tri-Cities uh, all the way to Vancouver. Um, that prospective buyer is said to be soft spoken. He's said to be in his 30s, and he goes by names like Sean Z, David, or Lee Chang. Now, in light of this warning, police and the real estate board uh, are advising realtors uh, to go accompanied uh, to a showing or an open house uh, and to let colleagues uh, know about their whereabouts. Sophie.
1: Hopefully safety in numbers. Sarah, thank you.
0: Some scary moments today when shots rang out at a local market in Langford, the Happy Valley Market, behind police tape for much of the day. According to police, two vehicles raced away from the scene and while police were responding to an unrelated collision, one of those suspect vehicles crashed into the existing collision police took one man into custody seizing a gun they are still looking for the other vehicle and its occupants to determine their involvement a brief court appearance today for the man charged in connection with a fatal shooting at a church in salmon arm matrix savage gather good appeared via video link he's charged with first-degree murder and aggravated assault in the april fourteenth shooting 78-year-old Gordon Parmenter was killed in the attack. Paul Durkic was shot in the leg while trying to help Parmenter. Gathergood's lawyer asked for, and was granted, a two-week adjournment.
4: Senseless is the word. Matrix. Over the years we've known him, he's always been a polite, quiet, soft-spoken young man. And there's no rational explanation. All I've heard is people's care for Matrix. They're concerned about him. We don't want him ever to be in a position where something like this would happen again.
0: A memorial service is planned for Gordon Parmenter on Saturday. The case is expected to resume May 7th.
1: A Victoria woman is launching the first constitutional challenge to changes in Canada's impaired driving laws. Global News first told you about Norma McLeod having her car impounded because her breathing condition prevented her from passing a breathalyzer test. And as Richard Zussman tells us, even before her legal challenge was, or has kicked off, the province is considering change.
4: Norma McLeod doesn't see herself as a trailblazer. But the Victoria woman's on the verge of becoming the first person to test the constitutionality of Canada's roadside impaired driving testing laws. I guess I just feel the police aren't
5: having any sympathy for the ones that are having a hard time
4: breathing. We first brought you McLeod's story earlier this month. She was pulled over after visiting the liquor store in the morning. Under federal law, police have the right to ask for a breathalyzer even without any signs of impairment. She says she wasn't impaired, but because she technically failed to blow, she had her car impounded and her license taken away. This is what the police would do. Lawyers Jerry Steele and Jennifer Tarrin have now taken on McLeod's case. Many people are being caught up in this that had not had anything to drink and are being unfairly punished. It is clearly a guilt until proven innocent situation. McLeod isn't alone. Others have come forward to global news, all with doctor's notes, saying they can't breathe strong enough to make the breathalyzer register. For McLeod, her doctor says due to her COPD, a breathing condition, she couldn't make the machine register.
5: Her evidence about her illness was
4: very strong. No matter what happens at court, McLeod and all the others now have the attention of the provincial government.
6: If you have a, a medical condition that doesn't
0: allow you to use a, a breathalyzer, there should be uh, some way uh, to deal with that.
4: McLeod says along with changing the law, she wants the roadside test approved.
5: I just hope they have come up with something that, with people that have trouble breathing.
4: McLeod hoping after all this, she gets back the thousands of dollars this is all cost, all something she believes was totally unfair. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
0: Gang prevention programs in B.C. are getting a big financial boost. The federal government committing more than $5 million. The announcement made in Abbotsford this morning, which has dealt with ongoing gang violence for years. Six programs across the province will be getting funding from Ottawa, including two of those programs in Abbotsford. They all target people involved in gangs or at-risk youth and will provide skills training, job experience and connections to mental health supports.
1: The city of Vancouver and a notorious landlord have reached a settlement on bylaw violations at two former downtown Eastside SROs. Once home to low income residents, the Balmoral and Regent hotels were shut down because of deplorable conditions. The city is now in the process of expropriating the crumbling properties from the Sahota family. Last November, the Sahotas pleaded guilty to several bylaw charges and agreed to pay a fine of $150,000 along with a $20,000 donation to the Union Gospel Mission and a $5,000 donation to a downtown East Side charity. The buildings were the subject of hundreds of health and safety violations. The closure of the two hotels resulted in more than 300 low-income tenants needing new housing.
0: Record high gas prices are frustrating for a lot of people, and the provincial government so far has done nothing to ease the burden. But today, the premier threw the ball into the federal government's court. Keith Baldry joins us live from Victoria with more on this. And Keith, John Horgan thinks this should be a key issue leading up to the fall federal election.
7: Well, he's certainly hoping it's going to become a key election issue, Chris. Uh, John Horgan, I think, clearly getting a little frustrated now with these uh, high gas prices. People usually take their anger out at the government, no matter which party's in power. His party's now in power, and they've really taken no action today, ruling out taking any sort of regulatory action. And for the first time, suggesting it's time for the federal government to get involved here, even though he acknowledges he hasn't found a way for the provincial government to get involved in any way to lower those prices. Here's the premier earlier today. The margins here are, are greater than they are in any other jurisdiction, uh, and that's, that's fact. Uh, the, ministry, the, the federal government has uh, a consumer protection agency that should be looking at that. I will raise it with the prime minister the next time I have the opportunity. But these are self, self-evident. They should be taking action going into an election campaign in the fall. They should have more concern about the traveling public in British Columbia than they're showing at this point in time. So Justin Trudeau does get involved in terms of his government, it would help him in B.C., but gas prices aren't nearly as big an issue elsewhere in the country, Chris. So unless he can find a unique made-in-B.C. solution, I don't expect Justin Trudeau or Andrew Scheer or Jagmeet Singh to come up with a solution to uh, curb those rising gas prices.
0: Just got to live with it, it sounds like. All right, thanks, Keith.
7: Significant highway
1: improvements are coming to parts of the island in Souk. Improvements will be made to the Highway 14 corridor. Approximately 1.5 kilometers of road will be expanded to four lanes from Connie Road to Glens Lake Road in the hopes of reducing congestion. And in Langford, the stretch of Highway 1 between Lee Road and West Shore Parkway will also be widened. And a new median barrier to separate traffic will be added. Federal government has committed $85 million toward these new projects.
0: A Delta police officer who was stabbed when he attempted to intervene in an alleged domestic dispute outside an elementary school is speaking exclusively to Global BC tonight. Acting Sergeant John Jasmins explains how his own children ran for help and how he hopes his story will motivate more people to consider blood donation.
6: Yeah, so I was uh, stabbed three times on my left side. Uh Two months
0: later...
8: John Jasmine still recovering from his wounds. The Delta cop was off-duty picking his kids up at school in February when he stepped in between a man attacking a woman with a knife. His wounds were significant.
6: The two near the ribs, one they believe hit an actual rib, so it didn't penetrate that deep. Uh, the second one went through my diaphragm. Uh, it hit an artery, so luckily nothing there, but a lot of bleeding. Surgery required
8: six units of blood. But that's not the first time the police officer needed a blood transfusion. A year and a half ago, he had open heart surgery.
6: Yeah, I've read the operative report. It said uh, they had a great difficulty stopping the bleeding. And at that point, I had uh, four blood transfusions.
8: With two major transfusions under his belt, Jasmine's is joining other first responders in a program called Sirens for Life, challenging more people
6: to donate. I mean, everybody should care because I think it's uh, one out of two Canadians either will receive blood in their lifetime or will know somebody who's received blood.
8: A 49-year-old man has been charged with a slew of crimes related to the stabbing. Jasmine says it was his kids who ran to find a teacher to call 911. His colleagues, on scene within minutes, saving his life.
6: You know, the, the fact that it happened twice in about a year and a half, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be here without those donations.
8: Still recovering? The acting sergeant hopes to be back in uniform in a few weeks. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: Right now, though, there's an appetite in Metro Vancouver for someone else to do the cooking. Services like Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats are delivering meals from restaurants all over the Lower Mainland. And one company has cooked up a new idea to capitalize.
1: They've developed so-called ghost restaurants. Catherine Urquhart has more on how they work and why even if you love the food... You'll never
9: dine there. At Oak and Thorn in Langley, they're busy feeding a hungry lunch hour crowd. They're also making meals for seven other restaurants, so-called ghost restaurants.
6: Basically, ghost restaurants are virtual restaurants. So they're not physical storefronts, but they're virtual restaurants that exist online through third-party apps, like Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash, things like that.
9: Ryan Moreno's ghost restaurants include Fresh Fries, Obey Pokey, and Stacked. All menu items are ordered online, cooked at one of Moreno's 16 storefront locations, and delivered by Skip the Dishes. Well, it's
8: a great idea. So essentially what they're doing is using the capacity they have in their kitchens, creating a virtual restaurant, a virtual brand, as people can stay at home now, enjoy their great food from great restaurants and and have a glass of wine and a glass of beer.
9: Moreno says his eateries are busy. His decision to add ghost restaurants driven by consumers.
6: We saw the trend coming years ago uh, with the emergence of third party delivery. Um, It was a trend that consumers have basically uh, spoken and said this is what they want.
9: What do diners think? Have you ever heard of ghost kitchens?
6: Never.
4: I just don't like to pay the extra amount when I can just leave my house and grab myself.
2: Sometimes I'm just lazy and just like to be home.
9: Expect more virtual restaurants catering to the stay home crowd. The group plans to expand across the country. Catheter Cart, Global News. Well, the federal
1: government is committing more than $1.6 million to support local festivals and performing arts in the region.
0: The investments will benefit 41 different organizations, including the Vancouver International Writers Festival Society, the Vancouver International Film Festival, and the Canadian International Dragon Boat Festival Society.
4: Festivals and the performing arts play an important role in creating these gathering spaces where everyone is welcome, and Vancouver is home to many wonderful celebrations and expressions of of many different
0: cultures. A Campbell River Mazda dealership has released this security video of a driver appearing to deliberately smash into five cars on its lot. Coastline Mazda says it happened at about 7.30 Monday night, and the vehicle appears to be a gold colored or possibly silver 2002 to 2005 Ford Explorer. They believe the first three letters of the license plate are CAO, and the vehicle should have extensive damage to its right side. Anyone with any information is asked to call the dealership or the RCMP.
1: Vancouver Island man is turning his personal health care battle into a campaign to raise awareness for others and possibly save himself.
0: As Kylie Stan reports, Jeremy Chow and his family are hoping to boost stem cell donations from a sector of society that is still sadly underrepresented.
5: Yeah, what do you guys want for toppings for pizza? Dinner still gets made. Lots of cheese. And there's always time for a hug. But for nearly six months, this family has been living in a world of what-ifs. To come across a diagnosis like this was just absolutely devastating.
10: A specific AML, uh, acute myeloid, leukemia.
5: Jeremy Chow was diagnosed back in November. He did an initial round of chemotherapy in Vancouver, then another three rounds as an outpatient. And while he's responded well and is now in remission, the one course of treatment that would truly rid him of the disease remains out of reach. You know, yeah, it's,
3: it's curable, but it's curable if, we, if he has a stem cell transplant, if we can find that
5: match. And in Chow's case, who is half Chinese, half English, that's a problem.
10: That just adds a different complexity to it because you need those specific markers or genes in order for it to get a full match.
5: According to Canadian Blood Services, roughly 70% of stem cell donations come from Caucasian descent, compared to only 3% that's made up of multiple or mixed ethnic backgrounds. Still, early on in his treatment, Chow, who is a donor, had a glimmer of hope, but it was short-lived. He had matched with himself. My heart just sank. Um, You know, at that point, I had no idea what the stem cell registry was about. And so, the family has taken it upon themselves to learn and educate others. The Facebook page is called Match for Jeremy. Going online to share their story, providing updates, answering questions, but most importantly, raising awareness.
10: If we can just bolster these numbers for everyone else, for you know, Filipino, Vietnamese, and all all the halves and all the mixes in between, and you. You know, that that is to me is huge.
5: But to achieve that kind of diversity requires people to get swabbed. The family is partnering with post-secondary institutions to host stem cell drives not only to find that match for chow should the cancer come back but to give hope to the other 25 Canadians of mixed ethnicity waiting for a donor.
0: That's
10: a win to me.
5: Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
0: In Health Matters, our final Courage to Come Back award winner was just 10 days old when she contracted a life-threatening illness. Talyn McGill's survival depended on more than a dozen brain surgeries.
1: Now 17 years old, Talyn is a committed fundraiser for B.C. Children's Hospital, where she spent many months as a patient. Katherine Urquhart has her story.
2: Go, go, go.
9: Talyn McGill is known for embracing life always with a smile. These days, the 17-year-old is beyond ecstatic, having learned she's a Courage to come back recipient. How excited are you to be getting this award?
11: Yeah, it's really exciting.
9: Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Taylin is also a fighter. At just 10 days old, she was diagnosed with Salmonella bacterial meningitis. The rare, life-threatening diagnosis led to 14 brain surgeries, severe seizures, and extensive brain damage. She relearned how to walk, talk, and eat.
11: I have trouble like remembering what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I have trouble at school sometimes.
9: Now, Taylan regularly shares her inspiring story with others and has helped raise more than $70,000 for BC Children's Hospital.
11: It feels pretty good because they've done so much for me and I want to give back, so now I can.
9: Today, Taylan depends on two shunts and there are daily challenges. Even so, this generous young woman remains optimistic.
11: It's just really cool to be, um, like, such a big part of this.
9: Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
11: And all the Courage to Come Back
1: awards will be handed out tomorrow evening at a big gala.
0: Which you'll be emceeing, which emceeing. wonderful.
1: Congratulations to all the recipients this year.
0: Great stories.
1: Vancouver-based artist Joe Average playing a key role in the unveiling of a new coin that could soon end up in your pocket. His work is featured on the new Equality Looney, marking a milestone for the LGBTQ2 community. The coin pays tribute to Parliament's passing of legislation in 1969 that initiated the decriminalization of homosexuality in Canada
0: today marks a somber anniversary in toronto it's been one year since the deadly van attack that killed 10 people and injured 16.
1: as the city holds ceremonies and vigils in remembrance of the victims karen lieberman reports on how the terror attack has changed the community
3: i came to pay my respects my gamer was walking along Yonge street one year ago like so many others in toronto what she witnessed that day remains etched in her mind a scene that plays on repeat. I've been struggling with like flashbacks of the day, but I always think like, oh, there could have been more that I could have done. Feelings of guilt and sadness are common among the people of Willowdale. They have lessened over time, but haven't gone away.
11: I felt there was sort of an attack on me and my family as well.
3: Hal Berman brought his son and daughter to Olive Square to share messages of peace and
11: love. We explained that somebody did something very bad.
3: Back on April 23, 2018, this was a focal point for many to grieve. People came from across the city and joined members of this community to express condolences, leave flowers, light candles.
11: It makes us feel really bad for all the people who lost their lives. How does
3: that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel like th- that there's no world peace In seven minutes, the sense of peace many here felt was taken away. That day, my life changed forever. Stephanie Amber, a social worker and mother, ran when someone screamed, get out of the way. I was all of a sudden vulnerable in a split second. My sense of safety, my sense of, you know, that I couldn't, nothing could ever happen this close to home happened and it was devastating. Reverend Leonard Leader's message to his parishioners and to the people of Willowdale.
12: It's important for us as the community to look at healing.
3: While my gamer works on healing, she shares something even stronger with those who lost their lives. Giving them my peace. Karen Lieberman, Global
1: News. A familiar face in B.C. politics is seeking the federal liberal nomination for Kamloops Thompson Caribou. Terry Lake will be vying for the liberal nomination to be the candidate for October's federal election. Lake was a provincial liberal M.L.A. from 2009 to 2017. He served as the health minister and environment minister. And before that, he was the mayor of Kamloops from 2005 to 2008.
0: Federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is making headlines tonight for a surprising revelation in his just-published new memoir.
1: In his book, Love and Courage, My Story of Family, Resilience, and Overcoming the Unexpected, Singh says he was sexually abused by a taekwondo coach in Ontario when he was just 10 years old.
6: What made it such a confusing time was that I really wanted to excel in martial arts. It was something that was giving me a lot of confidence because I was being bullied a lot in school and I was feeling insecure about that. So the instructor kind of used that vulnerability that I had and manipulated me into this special program is what he called it, um, and that and that was very difficult. It was particularly difficult because, as a kid, I was so embarrassed and ashamed of what had happened. I didn't talk to anyone about it, and it wasn't until almost a decade later that I spoke to another human being about it.
1: Singh says, as far as he knows, the coach was never charged and has since died. He says he regrets not coming forward while his abuser was still alive, and possibly preventing others from being abused.
0: An amazing survival story out of Alabama, where a woman is alive after being trapped in her crashed car for five days. Robin Fancher was last seen last Wednesday when she headed to the post office, but never made it. On Monday, a passing driver happened to catch a glimpse of her car, which was mostly covered by brush underneath a bridge. It took rescuers an hour and a half to free her. She is reportedly in stable condition with a number of injuries. It's still not known how she survived for five days.
1: In Health Matters tonight, this is National Immunization Awareness Week. Much more important this year given the current measles, measles outbreaks.
0: That's right. As Linda Ailsworth reports, students at one Surrey school are tops in the country when it comes to helping children around the world get vaccinated.
10: At Senator Reed Elementary in Surrey, there are two kinds of quizzes, the kind you have to do, and the kind you can't wait to do. The 1918 pandemic um, affected all Canadians equally. This is the kind the school's 5th, 6th, and 7th grade students happily do on their own time. I would say false.
11: You are correct. The 1918 pandemic did not affect all Canadians equally. The program,
10: Kids Boost Immunity, an initiative that offers students the opportunity to support UNICEF by participating online. So we combined a curriculum with a quiz system which allows children to really practice and grow their knowledge around immunization. Those who get 80% or more of the questions right earn one vaccine that UNICEF distributes to a needy child somewhere in the world. I have earned 39 vaccines and
3: if I get this quiz right, so I will earn one more vaccine and get 40 vaccines.
10: Great things can happen when you combine altruism with a competitive spirit. How many
11: vaccines? 45. 43. 48. I've earned 40 vaccines. 46.
10: Put them all together and you get a total worthy of a special announcement.
3: Our students have answered more than 60,000 questions and have earned more than 3,500 vaccines. Which is more by
10: far than any of the 200 other participating schools across Canada.
3: It feels good because I help kids all over the world. But the knowledge they've gained,
10: and will share, will also help here at home. When people understand how vaccines work, they are more likely to get immunized and therefore support herd immunity. Linda Aylesworth, Global News
0: that is fantastic mother nature has decided that
5: we need to move on and in certain cases if that's the result well we need to move on
1: the mayor of Rigaud, quebec saying it's time some people just moved out of the low-lying point gatineau region after the second major flood in three years the quebec government is offering residents up to two hundred thousand dollars to leave But some homeowners say that wouldn't cover their remaining mortgage, so they have no choice but to stay. Floodwaters have forced thousands out of their homes in Quebec, Ontario and New Brunswick.
0: We'll check our forecast in a moment. But first, how Florida firefighters used modern technology to rescue some trapped up ducklings. That's coming up right after Christie.
1: Uh, Right. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with a look at that weather forecast and lots of spring flowers blooming, Christy.
13: Yes, under wet conditions earlier today and cloudy skies, but boy, did it turn around. We've got a gorgeous time lapse to show you uh, through the afternoon hours. Lots of blue sky, lots of clouds still, especially out towards the east, but harmless clouds for the most part. Great time lapse from one of our shooters, Daryl. So thanks for that. Windy conditions, though, with a strong west wind, but nothing like what they were experiencing through Alberta a bit of a chinook in the last 24 hours. There Today, these were the peak winds from earlier at hitting 85 kilometers an hour. That bumped up their temperatures to about 21 degrees today. And what was interesting is on the satellite image, you could see the strong west winds across the region. And what happens, they cross the Rocky Mountains and it forces the air mass up and over. And because of that orographic lift, it creates this wall cloud or sorry arc cloud you can see there i thought that was kind of interesting and it's just this harmless stationary cloud that affects uh, those regions and that's why they would have seen even warmer temperatures had that cloud cover not been there the westerly winds strong across our region and alberta because of that uh, jet stream but we are going to see that weaken as a low pressure center moves down but the good news is our week this week is looking pretty nice we'll see some cloud cover very slight chance of showers but generally pleasant conditions. Just a few showers across the northwestern sections of the province tomorrow. Otherwise, mainly sunny skies, a very slight chance of an isolated flurry or shower in Valmont. We'll see some cloud cover tomorrow, but otherwise sunshine with highs reaching 18 degrees away from the water, 19 on Thursday. And this is what I mean by a pleasant week. Slight chance of uh, showers Friday into Saturday, so we'll be watching that as we get closer, but not much to worry about, that's for sure. So just enjoy the tulips, everyone. and the sunshine.
1: Tiptoe through them.
0: Great <laughs> idea. Thanks, Christy. Firefighters in Bonita Springs, Florida had a major challenge. Eight baby ducklings trapped in a storm drain, but too far to reach, so they pulled out a cell phone. <laughs>
1: They shot some video of the quacking mother duck who was frantically circling the drain. The sound of their mother lured the ducklings close enough so that firefighters could grab them and one by one reunite them with mom. It still wasn't easy, though. One firefighter had to hang upside down for several minutes at a time to retrieve the ducklings, which were all recovered and all none the worse for wear.
0: Tiny little things. And fast when they get in the water. You see them take off?
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Thank goodness for camera phones. Smartphones.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Squire's here. Uh oh no. What else are we doing? Thank
13: goodness for camera right? phones. Oh no, what? That's exactly. right. Exactly. That's an <laughs>
0: excellent segue it? that I missed.
13: Mother Nature,
1: up close and personal. <laughs> in your own backyard, really, literally. Another thrill today for some Metro Vancouver Whale Watchers.
0: Gary Volk posted this video on Instagram of a pod of orcas in Indian Arm. Yes, that Gary Volk. I was
14: just going to say, Gary Volk, <laughs> yes, I know that name. Mm-hmm. Right
0: outside his house in North Vancouver, former uh, Canuck. That's and right, now, others, yeah. now realtor. Yeah. Uh, not known at this point if this is the same pod that was spotted in Vancouver's inner harbor last week, but the orcas certainly are buzzing around these days. That's I think he said right.
1: he's not like right out uh, off Kate's Park. and Right. You mentioned he's a realtor now. He's hoping that
14: that kind of scenery will help sell some of his home's
0: go got some listings over and there. And on
14: their they? side, those orcas are like, hey, isn't that former Canuck Gary yes. Valk? Let's yeah. get a closer look.
1: <laughs> Maybe Finn was there. Maybe they're one
14: right. people, Finn. Exactly. there are wondering. Right.
1: Exactly.
14: There was Finn? They're
1: looking for Finn.
14: Okay. Anyway, I think I'm... You're mic'd up? You're good to go? I am all good to yeah, go. I'm mic? Okay. Yeah, I got everything. Oh, so uh, Toronto's rather bittersweet tonight.
11: Mm-hmm.
1: Made his last-minute changes to a sportscaster? Oh, I have, and ready yes. To go. I'm
14: ready to go. I mean, you like to travel. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Whitecaps, well, they like to travel, but not as much as they're doing <laughs> right different.
11: now. It's, it's a a different. It's different They play of a game,
14: they get on a plane, they have to play another game. It's it's exhausting. It's not it's not toes in a beach. Uh, we've talked often about how the Whitecaps playing an artificial turf might make it hard to sign certain players. But another problem might be the travel issues, because to a player who has played In these small confines of a European or a South American League team, the Whitecaps' schedule looks like this team is doing a travel log show every couple of weeks. The trips and the short spans between games, especially last week, was why most people, even likely the Whitecaps themselves, felt they didn't have a chance to win the game against Orlando on Saturday because of all the travel so quickly after playing a game just a couple of days earlier.
12: Montero on the chase. Can he get their first? He can. It's frustrating to play Orlando when it wasn't equal. You know, at the end of the day, it's not equal. A team that is home, um, that has the five days fully to prepare and recover, uh, versus a team that uh, is in Chicago, plays home to LAFC. That to beat them, you need to give everything you have, and then the next day on Thursday. You, you fly to orlando the
7: mls should have gifted the whitecaps a single point just for the simple fact they were still standing following three games in eight days and don't get mark dos Santos wrong here he's not using jet lag and fatigue as an excuse for vancouver's latest loss he just believes there's no justifiable reason for a team to be subjected to that kind of schedule where you have very little chance of
12: competing when we arrived uh, in orlando thursday night we didn't know what, what hit us and then in Friday morning when we got up it was shocking where recovery uh, it was tough. Um, I'm disappointed the game wasn't played at least with 72 hours of recovery.
7: Travel is a major part of pro sports. In that span of eight days playing in Chicago then returning home to play LAFC and then once again jetting off to Orlando the Caps logged over 19,000 kilometers and no amount of air miles earned or your club's level of fitness can match up against that.
12: In soccer, you have three subs. Um, it's a big endurance sport. Uh, you run averages of 12 miles, and then um, you're in a plane to do the same two days later. is very, very difficult physically. Maybe next year it could be done in a different way.
14: All right. Third time in six years, the Leafs and Bruins played a game seven. Could the Leafs finally beat Boston in Boston in a decisive game? Not with that kind of goaltending, you're not. How did that thing get in on Freddie Anderson? Joachim Nostrom seems to find the male slot there, and it's one-nothing. Nordstrom scoring. Then Marcus Johansson. This is not big name Bruins. This is third and fourth line guys scoring goals. Jake Gardner, bad giveaway there. 2-0 in the first period. Leafs do get one back in the second. They had chances in the second period. Tuca Rask played great in Boston's net, but he does let this one in on John Tavares, who, of course, was brought in last summer to try and end this problem against Boston in round one. Well, there's no John Tavareses to get this summer. They'll have to try a different way to vanquish the Bruins because they're not going to do it like this. Sean Corrales just goes right through them and scores 3-1. They pulled the goalie early, Toronto did, trying to get one back, but... Charlie Coyle ends it. There was one more empty netter. 5-1 the final. So the Bruins again win a Game 7 against Toronto third time in the last six years. And actually I think now the Bruins have won more Game 7s than any franchise in NHL history. The uh, Vancouver Giants can put a stranglehold (laughs) a stranglehold I had one just a second ago on their series with Spokane tonight. Game 3 is in Washington State. Vancouver took games 1-2 and at home. 4-1, 4-2, but in that Game two, the 4-2 victory. The Giants were down 2-0 and scored four goals in the third period. Game four will be tomorrow if they need a game five Friday in Langley. Okay, so we saw the Leafs lost. But the Raptors can win their series against Orlando. So, you know, don't sweat the Leafs losing Toronto because you've got the Raptors. Kyle Lowry pulling up for a three. Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam giving and going, going and giving, and it's a tray. The Raptors got off to a 31-7 lead in this one. Basically put it in neutral after that and moved on to round two. Kawhi Leonard for three. So there is still a team in Toronto to cheer for in the playoffs. Uh, When the Seattle Seahawks gave Russell Wilson huge money, they knew they couldn't keep all their other stars who want to get paid as well. So today they traded defensive lineman Frank Clark to Kansas City for a first-round pick in this year's draft and a second-rounder next year. He led the Seahawks in sacks last season, but he's a big loss. However, the Hawks could not afford to keep him. And Bobby Wagner, who also needs a new contract after next season. The Hawks now have two first round picks in the draft on Thursday, 21st and 29th. They also have 17 million more in salary cap room. And the Chiefs, on their side, get desperately needed help on the defensive line. So this could be one of those win
0: win trades.
1: Everyone is happy. We think so. Okay.
14: That's
0: Thanks. Good money. Thanks, Squire. Thank you. Yet another setback for electronics giant Samsung, once again, courtesy of its smartphones.
1: The company has delayed the launch of its revolutionary new folding phone because of issues with the display.
11: That's wild.
15: Excitement over America's first foldable smartphone has been put on hold. It really
3: does fold like a butterfly's wings.
15: Samsung is delaying the original April 26th launch date of its Galaxy Fold. This screen on a review unit tested by CNBC started malfunctioning within just two days. One of many reports of problems with the display.
7: We've had a number of reviewers with broken screens or broken phones, effectively, and that is not good for a $2,000 device.
15: Samsung says problems could be associated with impact on the hinge or substances inside of the device.
7: Basic standard wear and tear seems to be breaking this phone.
15: Samsung says it's working on strengthening the display protection, and will announce a new release date in the coming weeks. The company's statement saying, in part, we value the trust our customers place in us, and they are always our top priority.
2: What began as a
8: big black eye is now an official government recall.
15: But after bouncing back from the Galaxy Note recall three years ago, that trust may have taken another hit.
7: This is a black eye for them. It it makes people think, hey, wait a minute, am I going to buy a phone that works?
15: Samsung now racing to answer that question. Liz McLaughlin, NBC News.
0: $2,000. $2,000. I didn't
15: realize that. For a Fraser. phone.
13: With mm-hmm. right.
0: exactly. magic in your hand. Uh, okay, let's uh, take another look at the forecast before we go here.
13: Sure, pretty nice, I would say, over the next several days, especially the next two, we will see some cloud cover, but generally warm near seasonal uh, temperatures near the water, as you can see, averages about 14 degrees. The only concern is late in the week, Friday into Saturday, uh, how much more cloud will we see and will we see that chance of showers? So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, enjoy.
0: Always. We'll stay tuned.
13: All right. Have a good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us.
0: Have a good night.